This week on Business Brief, we'll look at how people can apply for cannabis micro-business licenses. Then we'll hear about the drought in Missouri and how farmers are reacting. Welcome to Business Brief, Missouri Business Alerts podcast focused on business news and issues shaping the state. My name is Braden Wade, and I'm joined by my co-host, Katie Quinn. Katie, how are you doing this week? I'm good. This week has been busy between interviews, editing, and writing. I think it's about time we get into headlines. I agree. Let's get into it. Officials are warning of fire risk this July 4th because of drought conditions across much of Missouri. More than 90% of the state was experiencing drought as of early this week. Much of the extreme drought is in central and northeast Missouri. With firework sales running until July 10th, State Fire Marshal Tim Bean urged Missourians to exercise extreme caution if they use fireworks this holiday. Missouri will receive $1.7 billion to build out broadband internet infrastructure from a federal grant program. That's the third largest amount for any state behind Texas and California. About one-fifth of Missouri residents don't have access to high-speed Internet. Governor Mike Parson says the funds will help build on efforts already underway to expand Internet access in the state. The University of Kansas Cancer Center will construct a new facility at its Kansas City area campus. A $100 million grant from the Kansas City Sunderland Foundation will fund the expansion. Hospital officials say the building will create a centralized workspace for researchers and add new treatment facilities. The train trip between St. Louis and Chicago will be about 15 minutes shorter starting this week. The Amtrak line connecting the two cities was upgraded as part of a $2 billion overhaul of Illinois rail lines. The Amtrak line ran its first 110-mile-per-hour service on Monday, making the one-way trip from St. Louis to Chicago less than five hours long. Governor Mike Parson faces a Friday deadline to veto or sign legislation sent to him this spring by the Missouri legislature. Lawmakers approved 43 bills during their annual session, and as of late Thursday, the majority of those remain unsigned. We'll have more on the governor's decisions in next week's podcast. Katie, what do you know about the upcoming marijuana license program? Well, I can't say that I'm an expert, but I do know applications for small operators open up at the end of July here in Missouri. You're right. The program is outlined in the amendment that legalized marijuana. It's designed to provide licenses to people from historically marginalized communities or who have been impacted by marijuana incarceration. Got it. How many licenses is the state giving out? Well, the first round of applications opens on July 27th, and the state is dispersing 48 licenses during this round. For our next story, Skylar Rossi spoke with Denise McCracken, a cannabis lawyer, about the application process. Here's part of that conversation. Denise, thank you so much for taking the time to join me today. Thank you for having me, Skylar. I really appreciate it. So for context here, it would be good to start with some background information. What are these licenses and how do they compare to licenses already dispersed in the state? So before we get started, I am an attorney. And as an attorney, I have to give a couple of disclaimers. Uh, It's par for the course. Um, What I'm providing is educational material. It does not create an attorney-client relationship. Um, In addition, although cannabis is legalized in the state of Missouri, it is still a federally uh, illegal substance. So Amendment 3 that was passed uh, last fall uh, allowed for the creation of 144 new microbusiness licenses. Microbusiness licenses um, are uh, ostensibly opening the door to people who otherwise would not 
um, participate or easily participate in Missouri's cannabis industry. Those 144 licenses are divided into two different types. They're called wholesale and dispensary microbusiness licenses. The wholesalers can do um, and or uh, cultivation and manufacturing, whereas underneath the current licenses, you have to get a separate cultivation and a separate manufacturing license. For microbusinesses, wholesales allow you to do both. And then there's the microbusiness dispensary, which allows you to sell to everybody that a current dispensary can sell from. Um, And what makes people eligible for this license program under the law passed last year? There are five general categories of eligibility. The first category has to do with uh, a low amount of assets as well as low income. The second category has to do with having a service-connected disability. Then there is a having yourself a marijuana offense or a spouse or a parent or guardian who had a marijuana offense. It can be for any offense going back, you know, 50 years ago, if you'd like. Uh, However, it can't be any sooner than, I believe it's December 8th of 2021. It can't be after that. In addition, there's also um, unaccredited school districts. In the state of Missouri, it would be if you graduated from an unaccredited school district. And then finally, there's a category that is about where you reside. And it's if you reside currently and three of the past 10 years in one of three subcategories. And these are demographic statistical type categories. I know there's a fee to apply. Um, What's your sense of about how much capital or range of capital that people will need in order to apply for this program? So the fee is $1,500. If you are not selected, the department will refund the fee if if the applicants otherwise were eligible. And the department has a time frame in which you are required to request a refund. That refund is solely for that for the first round of applications and cannot be used towards any future rounds of applications. So you must request that refund. In terms of capital, I'm going to use this as an opportunity to identify uh, an area that applicants have some more leverage right now than they otherwise might think. For the medical marijuana licenses back in 2019, each applicant had to show that they had access to a certain amount of cash I call liquidity. For example, and I'm just pulling this out of the air, if you were uh, requesting a marijuana or a manufacturing license, you had to show that you had $250,000 uh, in liquid in access to liquid cash. That requirement is not part of the microbusiness licenses. So microbusiness applicants are not in a position right now where they immediately have to show access to cash. And so they have a little bit more leverage when they're looking for, if they want to look for capital right now. To hear more from McCracken, watch the full interview at MissouriBusinessAlert.com. Weather has been making headlines lately. What do you mean? Well, Missouri is in a major drought. What's going on with the crops then? You'll find out with our next story. We're going to hear about how the current drought sweeping through the state impacts the agriculture industry. Missouri Business Alert reporter Lucy Valeski spoke to farmers in Missouri about its effects. 
Driving up to Cawthorn Family Farms in Mexico, Missouri, there are rows of corn with large mechanical irrigators hanging below a clear blue sky. Clarissa Cawthorn is working outside with her two dogs. She helps run the family farm and sells seeds for the farm product store Bex. The Cawthorn farm grows row crops and raises cattle. This summer, there is something on her mind and the minds of farmers across Missouri, the ongoing drought. And so when we are worried about a drought, it's because we're worried about continuing to farm into the coming years. Over 90% of the state is experiencing some level of dryness, with the most severe drought happening in central Missouri. While there was a drought alert in place last summer, it was considered a flash drought, with wetter conditions in May and June, followed by sudden dryness in July and August. This summer, it has been dry all season, and Governor Mike Parson declared a drought alert late this May. The drought alert is harming farmers' crops and their profit. It's an impact that happens with all agriculturists at that. It's not just the row crop guys or just the cattle guys or just the hog guys. It is everybody. Greg Heinzelman is a family farmer in Lewis County in northeastern Missouri. He raises fish and grows chestnuts in addition to other specialty products. He says that he expects to lose out on at least 30 percent of his income this year due to the drought. The, the, the fish farm is, is definitely having problems in the fact that we don't have any water and no way to pump water. We get into July and August when you get those 95 degree days every day, there isn't going to be any water left for the fish to survive. And they're, they're unfortunately going to die and we'll have to bury them. The dryness causes crops to die off or be in worse quality when they grow. The percentage of corn considered to be in good or excellent condition by the United States Department of Agriculture is less than half of the percentage of last year's corn. But uh, the orchards, we normally keep mowed throughout the year. We mow them four or five times a year just to keep the grass down. And this year we're not mowing them at all. And instead we're going to give the grass to our neighbors to mow for hay because they're, they're only getting about a half of a a hay crop. Terry Halloran is a field expert at the University of Missouri. He says that the drought has also impacted the cattle industry because the livestock has less access to water and hay since the feed cannot grow in the dry conditions. Many cattle farmers have been forced to sell all or portions of their herd due to the lack of forage available. These cuts could raise prices so farmers that are selling fewer products can still make a profit and pay their bills after this season. We don't want necessarily your food prices to go up because we feel that too, right? Our grocery store prices are astronomically high right now. Um, but if we can't humanely take care of those animals, we're not going to keep them. Back in Mexico, Cawthorn drives her gator utility vehicle past her fields of wheat and soybean plants. She says the drought has forced farmers to be smarter about business decisions and use thin margins wisely. We are very cognizant of that. We try to manage it as best we can so that our two little boys will get the chance to farm one day. We are borrowing these farms from our next generations. It's just our turn to take care of them. And so we want to make sure that they are in the best shape they possibly can be when it's their turn to do it. Part of that strategy for Cawthorn is incorporating sustainable growing practices, including not tilling the ground or planting non-harvestable crops like rye or clover in between the other row crops. Researchers say these practices hold moisture in the ground and could help farmers get through increasingly dry growing seasons. For more information, check out the full story on MissouriBusinessAlert.com.
Mariah Carey, are you ready for the word of the week? Yes. Tell me, what's your word? Bidenomics. What's Bidenomics? Is that like Reaganomics? It's a term President Joe Biden used in his speech this week to describe the economy under his administration. Ahead of his 2024 re-election campaign, Biden said his administration's efforts have sparked economic recovery after Republican policies hurt America's middle class. What did Biden's opponents have to say? Well, GOP officials say that their parties, tax cuts before Biden's presidency, have encouraged business investment and spurred profits. They have opposed Biden's spending, calling it wasteful. And how do voters feel? Well, recent polling shows only one-third of people approve of Biden's handling of the economy, so it's calculated choice by the president to lean into his economic record. We'll see how it plays out. All right, Katie, what word do you have? Sensible Mo. Okay, I think you're going to have to explain this one. Sensible Mo is a campaign committee out of St. Louis. The group is filing ballot initiatives so local governments can regulate gun laws. What cities are they hoping to regulate? The ballot initiative includes St. Louis, St. Louis County, Kansas City, and Jackson County. Well, I know public safety is a big issue right now in Missouri. Definitely. St. Louis specifically has been discussing stricter gun regulations to prevent homicides. For our closing thought, Clarissa Cawthorn talks about why owning a farm is part of her identity. So we are a family farm. Um, it is something that we take a lot of pride in because it, it, it's part of who we are. It's part of what we wake up and do every day. It's how we communicate. It's how we live. Um, and that also means that we take a lot of pride in our community because we have roots here. And so as we think about a drought, it, it still keys back to I'm taking care of this land so my next generation has that opportunity. Well, that is all for this week. Thank you to the M33 Project for the music for this episode. For my co-host, Braden Wade, I'm Katie Quinn, and this has been Business Brief. Thank you for listening, and we'll talk to you next week.